This is Monday Morning Church, the podcast where executive pastors, church administrators, and IT managers share their stories. Monday Morning Church is presented by Kissflow, the church automation solution. You can download the free ebook, The Beginner's Guide to Church Automation, at bit.do/churchautomation. That's bit.do/churchautomation. Welcome back to the Monday Morning Church podcast. Today, we've got John King on the show, coming to us from Bible Center Church in Charleston, West Virginia. Great to have you on the show today, John. Thanks. Good to be here. So, John, tell us a little bit about how you came into your position there at Bible Center. Uh, Well, I started ministry in Florida, South Florida. Grew up in West Virginia, but then moved to Florida and uh, became a youth pastor, middle school pastor, and then a high school pastor in South Florida. Uh, from there, after a, a season there, we transitioned to Ohio, where I uh, had my first role as a family pastor, where I was leading uh, other leaders. And then uh, after a couple years in Ohio, I got an opportunity to serve in California, just north of Los Angeles. Uh, I went to a larger church setting and served as the family pastor, and also a little bit later on as a worship pastor, where I was leading uh, some larger teams, uh, teams about 35 people, um, and just felt a calling and a desire to, to become an executive pastor. Uh, and so my home church is where I am now, Bible Center. It's where I grew up, and uh, not long ago they called and asked if I would come back and consider being the executive pastor here. A hmm. uh, lot of prayer, loved California, loved obviously the weather, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. But, uh, but just really felt like there was a unique opportunity here. Uh, my home church in Charleston, and just uh, a way to impact the city and even the state mm-hmm. uh, with the gospel, and uh, really felt like God was taking me into an executive pastor role instead of a senior pastor or anything like that, and so the opportunity just fit, and so we moved back this past July. So you've been back now about seven months, I guess, seven, eight months? Yep. So how has that transition been? You know, you've been able to kind of be in different positions at churches, you know, family pastor and youth pastor and as a worship pastor. How does this feel now, kind of being in a position that touches all of those positions in a way? Well, it's it's good, and I think that's part of the call to being an executive pastor. Um, I just have a, a really deep love for the local church, uh, and I think all of it's beautiful. Uh, and I joke with people that you could you could put me in almost any role in the church, and I'd find something to do. Um, so I just I really really love it. And so an executive pastor really gets to influence uh, everything. Uh, so I've had that desire for a little while um, as I was leading, even as a worship pastor or family pastor, just, you know, I'm influencing a part of it, but I love looking at the whole and seeing how all the pieces fit together to lead us toward mission and vision. Uh, and so this, this role really fits me. Um, and so coming back and then even coming back into my home state, home setting, uh, it's just been unique to be able to do that. So tell us a little bit about your role. You know, what kind of flavor of executive pastor are you? Are you more on the operations side? Are you a pastor to pastors? A little bit of all of that. What are your daily responsibilities? Yeah, a little bit of all of that. We're set up uh, as an elder governed staff-led church, um, non-denominational. And so there's a senior pastor and he and I work together. And so we're, we're kind of two sides of the same coin is the way we operate. He does a lot of the preaching and the vision casting. And I do a lot of the day-to-day staff leader- leadership and ongoing management, organizational leadership, things like that. Um, Right now, uh, as I came in, we had an executive pastor prior to me, but he functioned more on the operations side. And so I'm trying to bridge the gap between the two. Hmm. Uh, So the ministries have needed some attention. So I find myself spending a lot of energy uh, on that 
but also on operations, pulling that forward as well. So I get to straddle that a little bit. Now you're about, as we talked about, about seven months into this new position. Do you have some kind of favorite resources that you've been leaning into in this period of transition and learning? Yeah, so uh, I was I was really fortunate to work with with two great guys at my former role, and especially in California. Uh, my senior pastor and, and my boss, my executive pastor, are, are really good mentors, and they've been through this type of thing. And so they're on speed dial, <laughs> so I... <laughs> I give him a call lots of times, and the uh, the senior pastor I was working for in California is a former senior pastor at Bible Center, where I am now. Oh, wow. So he even was the lay of the land and relationships and people, and so he's he's been amazing uh, as we've gone through this. Um, so I read a lot, uh, love reading, read a lot of blogs and books, and, you know, Larry Osborne, Carrie Newhoff, Craig Rochelle, Will Mancini, Eric Geiger, you know, all those names mm. have really been influential just uh, as far as as shaping my thinking. Uh, but then I also, I, I think for any role in the church, but, but especially at a role of an executive pastor, it's so unique and so different and based so much on the setting and the context and what you're doing that day and, and where you, God has you kind of in that journey. Um, and so a lot of, of learning is, uh, just getting up and going to work every day. Mm. Um, and kind of whatever comes across the desk, you deal with that, uh, in that moment and you grow by doing that. Now, I'm curious, you, know, you grew up in West Virginia, but then you moved around in different parts of the country doing ministry, and now you're kind of back on your home turf. How has that felt, just the cultural shifts of, you know, a different group of people you're ministering to, but also in a way you're kind of coming back home? What's that been like for you? Yeah, so it's 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 been great. Uh, it's actually been interesting. Uh, our family has, has, we've got three girls, and so they've obviously joined me, and my wife has been amazing and supportive. Uh, but I've had a, I've had an opportunity to see different cultures within even America over mm-hmm. the over the course of my career, and so it's interesting to see uh, all the different ways that people think. Um, and I'd like to say it's made me more aware of grace. <laughs> I guess <laughs> that's how I'd put it, um, because there's so many things and so many people that love Jesus and they do church differently and they look at things differently and they have different ideas. Um, and hopefully, I bring that with me uh, into this culture. Uh, which is Bible Belt and and kind of pulling out of that somewhat and some of the traditions and things like that. Uh, but it's really helping us to become hopefully a, a church that operates out of grace. Hmm. So what is, you know, something you have going on there at Bible Center that you've really found success with? Well, we're we're a church that has has had it's a 75 year old church and we just celebrated our 75th anniversary. And so it's had lots of different iterations. Uh, it's been characterized uh, for the most part over the years is a forward-thinking, aggressive church. So uh, six locations that the church has met in. Uh, the location we are in now is about 10 years old. Um, and so there have been some really bold, courageous moves uh, over the years. So a lot of the leaders here are, are leaning forward and visionary and thinking about how to continue to reach people. Uh, but it's also been varying sizes over those years. And so the, the thing we're really working on right now is trying to take it from an, an organizational structure that's built for about a church of 750 to maybe 1,000 to operating more like a church of 2,000. Hmm. Uh, and so some of, the, some of the things that were here, like, for instance, it was a very flat leadership structure. Hmm. Uh, and so we're trying to add some layers to our leadership structure to press decision-making a little bit deeper in the organization, freeing up people to, to really lead where their boots are on the ground, 
Um, not everything and every decision has to come across my desk, but I lead the leaders who lead leaders who lead leaders and so on. Uh, and so that's been fun to watch the light come on and some of the staff that were here in some of those those situations to really be empowered, uh, start to think and dream and create again. Uh, so that's been a lot of fun as we've come into this setting. Hmm. Now, in terms of your staff, um, like you said, that can be very empowering for staff. Have you, has it mostly been on that positive side where staff is really receptive to, or have you had a little pushback since it is a change in structure? Yeah, at the beginning, um, I think they were trying to size me up. (laughs) (laughs) They, you know, what's this, what's this guy like and what's he going to, what's he going to be like? Um, And so they were kind of learning about that. And, and, but for the most part, our staff is really receptive. Uh, They love it. Uh, And I think they just like the ability to think and the ability to create. And we've got some really talented people. Um, and so they're leaning into it and going with it. We talk a lot about culture. We talk a lot about leadership development. Uh, we talk a lot about, you know, how do we grow, things like that. Uh, so it's been, it's been a good, good experience. So can you give me, flesh out this concept then of adding layers? What, you know, give us an example of something you've changed there to kind of make this happen. Well, there's a couple things because uh, the church has been very, very much run by committees in the past. Um, and so we're trying to streamline some of those committees to really get the elders to be the elders, the deacons to be the deacons, and the committees to be supporting people, not decision-making bodies. Um, and we're really, really working to help our staff be able to be empowered to make decisions and committees to be there to guide them. Uh, so we've been working on that side, on, on the lay side, with some of the different things that were in place. But then on the staff side, just a for instance, um, we've added an executive team. Uh, so our staff, we, uh, we operate a school as well, Christian school. So we have 70-some staff members uh, on our team. Um, so we've added the layer of an executive team, which helps us create some departments as well. Uh, so that executive team now is a little more empowered to lead their departments. And so my direct reports are the executive team instead of just all the pastors. Uh, when I came, it was, you know, 11 or 12 people that were my direct reports. And now I think I've got it down to seven uh, and I'm looking to get it even lower. If I can. <laughs> um, so just creating some layers uh, as we go through the organization to hopefully, I mean, hopefully what that does in the long run is decisions are able to be made by people that really know what's happening. Um, and then the things that need to get up to me, they, you know, they normally do. They filter up and, and we make those decisions as we go. Uh, makes us more nimble, more mm-hmm. able to, to respond to things in the moment, uh, hopefully less bureaucratic and full of red tape and all that stuff. Hmm. Oh, that's great. So on the flip side of this then, you know, you've been there for seven months, obviously, so there's quite a few things you're probably still working out, but what is something that you haven't quite found a solution for, whether it's just you and your position or the church as a whole, something they're working through? Yeah, so a lot of what we're working on right now would I would just call it budgets, uh, mm-hmm. which is an ongoing forever forever thing, you know, in any place. It's a finite pie, uh, and so you learn how to operate within that finite pie. Um, there were some great moves made in the past that got us to the location we're in, uh, but it's also locked us into a large mortgage payment, mm-hmm. and so we've got a solution for it, but it hasn't worked out totally yet to where we've solved it. We're on the way, and we're excited about what's going on with it. And the next year is going to be really, really telling uh, as far as how that works out. And we feel like God's doing some really cool things behind the scenes, even financially for us. Hmm. Um, But we're in that process right now. 
Oh, that's interesting. Now, there are a decent amount of churches that are kind of embracing the alternative forms of income, you know, maybe using their facilities or opening up to the public. Is that something that you guys are entering into? Yeah, I think the school itself is is an interesting thought when it comes to other revenue streams. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have a property that's pretty large, about 96 acres. And so we're, we're recently recently sold a portion of that. So that's created kind of a, a, a little cash influx. Um, so looking at different revenue streams, I think, is definitely part of our plan over the next five to 10 years. Hmm. So, John, I want to end with this. I want to know what kind of encouragement would you give to others in church leadership? Man, I just I think it's just keep getting better. Um, I think the church, uh, I love some of these leaders that talk about entrepreneurial leadership needed within the church. And I think about um, America and the culture that we have here and what's going on around us. Um, and we just, we need to keep dreaming. We need to keep getting better at what we do, uh, learning how to reach the culture around us. And so stewarding our time, our resources to continually grow. I really agree with those that say, you know, the leader gets better, the team gets better. And I believe mm-hmm. that it even goes further as the team gets better, the church gets better. Uh, the team gets healthier, the church gets healthier. And so continuing to grow uh, in my role, I think, is a really big deal. Creates a higher ceiling for everybody on our team and everybody in our church Mm -hmm. as we try to reach our city. Oh, that's fantastic. John, thanks so much for being on the podcast today. For sure. Thanks for having me. This has been Monday Morning Church, presented by KISSFLOW. To learn how you can transition your church from paper forms to automated processes and improve your communication, Go to church.kissflow.com.